0: Goodbye, University.
1: Welcome everyone to our monthly master's call. This is August, Masters of Creation Circle. I'm Jeanette. <laughs> I just got home a little bit ago and I found myself giving the dogs a glass of water, uh, but I was opening and pouring it in the garbage. And <laughs> I realized, Jeanette, oh my you, you could get your head on straight, girl. Uh I've been a little riled up today on a topic that not just today, recently um, wanted to cover it with you guys. You'll understand why in a minute, but before we dive in there, I would love for our new member to introduce herself officially. You were saying a a little bit about yourself before we hit the record button, but then I asked, would you mind if we just made it official on the recording, and you said you'd be happy to, so I'm going to hand the microphone over to you. Absolutely.
2: I am Lynn, and I live outside of Memphis, Tennessee, And I am so excited to be a part of
1: the master's creation. It's great. I love it. (laughs) Well, and Good Vibe University, Lynn, you've probably only been here maybe a week, maybe, and already your contributions in the forum. I can feel your fabulous energy. In fact, for people who want to meet you online, will you? Will you share your website, or are you you waiting until you? I will
2: share my website. It is allow, A-L-L-O-W space, S-P-A-C-E, now.com. I am still setting up the coaching page, but please feel free to reach out to me, send me an email, just Or just say hello, or PM me at goodbye to university. But I'm thankful to be a part of this space. I truly am.
3: I don't think I can
2: articulate how amazing my time the past week has been.
1: (laughs) You guys, I was telling I was telling Lynn when I when we talked recently. I said she said she was feeling the call to GVU, and I said it might have been not that. You need GVU, but G V U was calling you to us because Lynn, you you are I said it in the forum, you are my idea of a good time. I love the energy that you bring. I cannot tell you how much inspiration I got from your story that you shared with me. I'm really interested to get you to share that on a wider basis, maybe on a separate call sometime if you'd be open to that. But um I I'm Absolutely. delighted to Yeah, I, I want to thank you for joining us and tell you how delighted I am that you're part of the Master Circle. And just wanted to take this chance for everyone to meet you as well. Thank I don't know you. if this is, I, I, feel, I feel a little bad, Lynn, for the topic. I'm not usually this I might sound a little ranty tonight. I might. Um in fact Kim, I don't know if Kim's muted. Uh I, I was thinking it's my Mars in seven. <clears throat> it's got it's just getting a little it's it's something there. Something there, maybe not the most comfortable thing for everyone. Uh, so that's my little warning and disclaimer that uh, I'm feeling pretty feisty about this topic, and I'll, okay. I'll give a little background. Yeah, so, oh, gosh, the other day I, I blasted a fellow LOA coach for letting her client spin an unhelpful and an unwanted story about me. <laughs> that uh-huh. might sound really, really harsh, but a little background. So, oh, my gosh. How about this? Uh, my MFR girl mentioned a, an online dating site to me I'd never heard of before. It's called Meet Mindful, I believe, MeetMindful.com. And um, she was raving about it. I checked it out. Holy Hannah, those guys, they not only know what a life coach is, they have their own. And they know what a manifesting coach is. I mean, these guys are very different than than who I met on harmony. I'm just going to say that. Anyway, so I'm talking to one guy, and uh, I'm more I'm really than talking to him. Uh, but I, I, I recently shared with him the Brene Brown article about how the most powerful thing that you can – oh, it wasn't a question to ask. It was a thing to say. I think I put it on the GVU Facebook page where it was – she was basically saying how powerful it was to say to your partner or anyone you're in relationship with, when you're having some sort of challenges, what I'm making up about this is, or the story I'm telling about this is, I can't remember her exact wording. Did anyone else read that article? It was was pretty cool because she, she gave an example about how she was having a beach day or they were a day out the water with the family. And um, she was trying to engage her husband in conversation and he was like, not having it. He was kind of blowing her off and and she noticed it, like it registered that he was not engaging with her. And she started to think uh, about how, you know, shoot, she hasn't been out on the water in a swimsuit in a long time. And he's probably like noticing how her aging body is not holding up. And like she's she's spinning a story. And instead of just spinning it to herself, she says to him something like, look, the story I'm I'm making up right now is that, you aren't happy to be here with me and it might have something to do with what your opinion me or something like she tells him what her story was and he says, No, no. I had a terrible dream last night that the kids all drowned at the lake And <laughs> he said like he's he's having a little panic attack out there and he's trying to focus on um, you know, not letting the family down by letting everyone drown on his watch. Like any anyway he he was it was a completely different reason that he was being dismissive of her, her point being she never would have known this had she not spoken to it. And a lot of people get into a lot of trouble by not sharing the stuff that they're thinking, okay, I liked it because she's all talking about how she's making up a story and how sometimes it's worth questioning the stories we're spinning. I shared this article with a guy. This is a lot of backstory, you guys. I'm sorry. And um, it led to a conversation about how we create things in our mind and thus our realities. And I told him about how even with him, I caught myself telling an unhelpful story about him that was very contrary to what I wanted to create in my life, so I was committing to telling better stories in general, but also about him. okay, so he goes on to say a few things to me like he I guess he thought this was an invitation to just share every bad thing we ever thought about each other he He starts telling me. Some very unhelpful stories about me. I'm not going to repeat them because I'm not adding any energy to unwanted stories that have anything to do with me. But I was kind of like, what in the world, you guys? I'm just going to have to give a swearing alert. There may be swearing on this call. (laughs) But I was like... WTF? What kind of conscious creation is that? That he's thinking these things? I'm like, I, I mean, I, I did. I expected more of him as someone who is, I won't say LOA savvy, but at least LOA aware, with an LOA coach who I don't know. She is not in this group. It isn't. It, this. I'm not talking about anyone's client. I did confirm that. But here, so here's what I said to him. And I was mostly, I was just trying not to blame him for being such an idiot for telling terrible stories about me. (laughs) So he said it kind of jokingly, but also kind of truthfully. I was like, "Uh, you better tell your coach to get on it. She needs to step it up. And in reference to why would you spin such terrible, terrible stories? And they, okay, they weren't terrible, but they they weren't conducive to a romance or to a happy relationship. They weren't anything like that. So, I said that. I was like, "Your coach needs to get on it, buddy and um and, but what I was really saying to him was, but I was just being polite, you need to get your manifesting act together for hell's sake but I, I put it on his coach instead of him, and then he defended her, saying that she was really good <laughs> and he was like saying, this that and the other about her, and I was like, Well, she's not good enough if she's letting you spend those kinds of stories about me, me of all people. I said that about his coach i don't even, I don't hmm. know her, but then um Then I I realized, okay, here I am blaming some colleague I don't even know for her letting her client spin really terrible stories that are not taking him where he wants to go, and uh, and I realized, okay, well, uh, (laughs) I had a lot of takeaways from that conversation. One was, okay, I'm going to cut her a little slack because after all, I have been manifesting that I am the best there is, (laughs) so maybe I should cut her a little slack and I was also thinking I shouldn't have to coach my own date into how to tell a happy story about me, how to find something to appreciate about me. I should That's a that's a messed up. And I actually even said that to him. He did not take that conversation well. In fact, at one point he called me out on bad behavior on the water. We were out paddleboarding where he thought I just paddled away from him like I didn't even care that he was there and he was the one that took me to the lake. And I was like, "You mean that time where I saw the grasshopper and I put him on my my put him on my paddleboard and I was taking him to shore? <laughs> and he kept jumping off into the water, so I had to like get him back on my. I had to do it like a dozen times to get this guy over to this. I'm like that time where I, the woman who saw me doing it came over to help because she could see me struggling with something, <laughs> and she was like, Oh, I I just rescued a dragonfly. I know all about it.' I'm like that time." And I'm like, how is your conclusion that this girl is ignoring me instead of something like, whoa, that girl has a heart of gold. Look at her go. I'm, I'm like, how how do you not think – how do you not think I should help her out? It's grasshopper, and girls are real scared of grasshoppers. I'm telling you, this guy kept hopping all over the place, and I was afraid I was going to get off my board if he jumped on me. Or, or how do you not think, like, a bazillion different things, that girl can paddle, because you should have seen me paddling, you guys. Uh, there, there would have been a bazillion other conclusions to come to, like, wow, what a great day on the water. What gorgeous weather. We saw a mama with two baby dears. We, we had the place to ourselves most of the morning. We should totally do this again soon. Like, how did none of that make it into your story, buddy? Instead, he lands on, she was ignoring me. Okay, I'm riled up. I'm going to take a breath. But my point being, he's got all this fabulous material to work with, and he lands on, she didn't pay me enough attention. Okay, I'm not going to tell you how the rest of the conversation went, but my big takeaway from it was that I was holding briefly, and not seriously, not intentionally, but briefly, I was holding another coach accountable for her client's stories. Like, I was blaming her. For letting him get that sloppy with his thinking. Because here, I, and I realize now, I had high hopes for a guy who has his own coach. I didn't even have to explain to him what law of attraction was. He, was to, he totally knew. He told me his manifesting stories. And I was expecting so much more from him. Okay. And I was thinking about his coach. How did she let that stuff fly? How did she not call him on that and suggest that maybe a different vibration would serve him better? I mean, he's still learning this stuff, but she should know better. Okay, I'm finding myself with those thoughts, and you know what it made me think of? You guys. Because <laughs> I thought if I'm holding her accountable for her client stories, it made me wonder what are, what are your people saying about your coach. <laughs> and, and I thought about what stories I let you roll with instead of calling bullshit on them. And I'm not just talking about the stories that aren't true. That's not our measure of whether a story is good or not. Because even if our stories are true, if they aren't what we want, then we deserve a different story. So that's what inspired our subject tonight, (laughs) where uh, this this gathering is considerate my tap on your shoulder to say, hey, let's rethink a couple of stories that you're telling that may not be serving you so well. Because if I'm going to hold her accountable (laughs) and hold him accountable – And I surely should be doing the same for us because, in my opinion, and this is my story, we are the best there is. There is no one better at this manifesting gig than we are in this group. So that's our subject tonight. And the first thing I want to say about this whole storytelling thing is that, yes, there is an appropriate time for a bad story. (laughs) There is. Sometimes we like a little contrast. Sometimes we like a lot of contrast. Sometimes we want to feel all the feelings. And sometimes a bad story is just part of our prep for a dramatic turnaround. And sometimes what someone might think of as a bad story is really a good story. Like if you're telling a story about how you shouldn't have to coach your date into appreciating a date with you, that you should cut him loose. Okay, that, I was like, Jeanette, is that a good story? I'm like, you know what? It is a great story if I'm in the mood to cut him loose. But if I'm in the mood to give him another chance or to, Were to have a different outcome, then that story isn't serving me. So I'm not saying that we can only be telling happy, joyful stories 24-7, but I am saying, by and large, all of us, I believe, at one point or another, some of us do it rarely, some of us do it regularly, we're telling things that don't really need to be part of our party because they aren't helping us get where we want to be. So on my watch at least right now, while I'm fired up, <laughs> you're going to notice a very low tolerance for bullshit stories. <laughs> and I I, I kind of have this visual as I was thinking about this subject. I was like, I want to be the kind of coach. I want to be the kind of coach that helps you get ahead of it. The kind of coach that you're not going to be in the downward spiral before I point out to you, hey, FYI, this version may be not so helpful. I want to get ahead of it, I, and I actually have this—I have this idea about how bad stories—they wither under our gaze, right? Like when you, when even before you get your full sight on it, when you even just start turning your attention in the direction of a story that isn't serving you. It starts to dissipate, kind of like the way Medusa, I'm thinking of Medusa, how she could turn everything to stone that she looked at. I like the idea that your bad stories, they don't go unnoticed by you. They don't get to fly without your recognizing that that's what you're doing. I Because awareness, we've got to be conscious, we've got to be aware, but when we are, when we recognize, ah, I'm speaking something that may not be part of what I want, that's what gives us a chance to tell it different. It takes two things. One, the, the ability to spot a bad story, and two, the willingness to change it, even while it seems very true, very legit, very valid. That guy was sticking to his blankety-blank-blank blank story about how he felt I neglected him on the blankety-blank-blank blank lake. <laughs> I'm like, Really? After everything I just shared, you're going to double down on it, really? okay, that's his he his colleague has to play it how he wants, and so do we. But I think we know too much to do this any other way, other than to tell helpful and supportive and stories that are conducive to our success. That's what we're going to feed. that's what we nurture, and when we do that, that's what we bring to life. So if you've got a bad story flowing, I'm going to say right here, right now, it's not going to last here in this circle, not with me as your coach. I'm, I'm just claiming it. Look, I have been speaking it for a long time that I'm the best there is. <laughs> you guys have all heard my story, right? I'm going to say it again. I, Jeanette Ma, am the highest paid, most well-known, most popular, most effective, most respected law of attraction coach on the planet. No one does it better than I do, and everyone knows it, including me. I am the best there is, and I get better at it every day. Okay, with a coach telling a story like that, you've got to know we're not fooling around here. <laughs> so I don't want there to ever be any LOA-savvy person in your life who is ever going to wonder what the hell is going on with that your coach that she is letting you get away with X, Y, or Z? We know too much for that. In fact, just for a little affirmation, I would love it if you would press one of the buttons on your phone, the star or the pound button. If I have ever called bullshit on a bad story that you were telling, please press the pound button. Or if I've ever suggested you might want to reframe the way you were telling something, Please press a button. Or if you've I've ever interrupted you and said I'm not even gonna let you finish that sentence, please press a button and let me know I have been doing my job for you. I'm gonna pause. Please, someone. Okay, I maybe I'm hearing some clicking. I'm gonna take that as affirmation because I know you I know I'm not afraid to interrupt you guys and you guys, that's my Mars in seven. Mars in the seventh house isn't necessarily warm and fuzzy. <laughs>
4: she isn't.
1: <laughs> she isn't gonna. She sometimes. I am also a Libra sun, so sometimes it might feel kind of nice. But tonight it's all Mars and seven. Okay, I'm going to admit sometimes I hear a story from some of you, and it uh, it's not helpful, and I know it. But I let you have it because we've got our attention on other things, and I understand the value of pacing ourselves. I don't want to overwhelm everyone. I don't want you to start getting paranoid about all the things you got to change. We're doing one thing at a time. We don't have to do it all at once. But I admit that sometimes I don't call you on it because I think your ego is going to fight me on it. And I don't want to fight. That's my Libra son. She doesn't want to fight. But I, I'm, I'm declaring right here and now I'm, I want to do a better job by all of us, by myself and by you. In fact there's a story that I could put in check right there, the one where I think you won't like me if I call bullshit on your bad story. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sometimes when I don't hear from you guys for a while, I I replay our last conversation and I wonder, did I offend? (sighs) All right. So tonight, here's what I want us to do. It's a little inventory on some of your key life stories. I would like you to consider five different areas. This might sound like a lot to do at once, but you'll know where to go first. I'm going to suggest we look at our work, we look at our relationships, we look at our our body, our health, we look at our money, and we look at our self, capital S, self. And in each of those areas, I want to ask you how your story goes. How does your story about work go? How does your story about your key relationships go? And it might be different for different relationships, probably is. How does your story about money go? How does your story about yourself go? I want to hear, what are your dominant thoughts on each of those subjects? Just ask yourself where your attention flows when it comes to each of those topics and listen for what your typical thoughts are on that. Like, for example, what I'm looking uh, for us to do here is to just check in with ourselves to identify any self-sabotaging stories that might be flowing. When I check in on my mm, – let's check in on my – well, you heard some of my relationship stories. <laughs> when I check in on my work story, mine goes like, uh, well, you, hello, you heard it, part of it. I'm the best there is. You heard. And I think we should all be telling a story like that. I don't know why we would tell any other version. Okay, I, that's because that's because of my core values. You might have very different values, and that wouldn't matter to you. But I've been telling that story for a while. In fact, I used to have a sticky note on my whiteboard that would tell it to me before I could even say it out loud for myself. I read it for a long time. I learned it from my dad, my Marine Corps dad, who it turns out, he didn't actually learn it in the Marine Corps. I thought he did. He learned it from a Clint Eastwood movie. (laughs) But but I like it. I like it because it helps me pull out better. I'm better when I believe that about myself. I do better work. But there are also elements of my story about work that go like, uh, I'm not keeping up. I could do more. I I don't have good support. I still have that story going. It's an unhelpful story. In in my story about my body, it's kind of a mix. With money, I sometimes feel striving elements going on there, but generally I'm doing a really good job because of this year's Money Aligner course. It's helping me be on fabulous track with money. And with myself, oh boy, I've been practicing self-love for a long time, and I've got a lot of it flowing. I sometimes tell a version of helplessness and how I can't do it, but boy, when I get conscious to that, you should see what happens when I turn it around. I had to move the furniture out of the formal front room um, because it, stuff was getting delivered. It was getting delivered so fast there was no time to call someone over to help me move it. And I was like, oh my, god, I have to ask those movers, and they hate that. They're on a schedule. They they don't have time to go move other stuff. You can sometimes, but I didn't. I didn't want to. I wanted to do it myself, so I started moving super super heavy furniture. I had a sixty four inch entertainment center. It, it was not, like, super tall, but it was so heavy, you guys. I, I had no business moving that by myself. Seriously, it probably wasn't safe. I was moving it downstairs. I got a big house. I moved it from one end of the house to the other end of the house, down a staircase, and back over to the other end. it was on the staircase. I was running into some serious freaking trouble because... I don't I don't even really want to repeat this story, but there was a point at which all the weight was coming on me, and we were all going downstairs, and it was going to land on me. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't do this. This is no time to tell that story. And I actually had that thought, like, you cannot afford to tell the I can't do this story. Get it, girl. That's what I said to myself. Like, you are doing it. And I did. I caught it before we all landed at the bottom in a bad, bad heap. And there was only a little bit of blood. Only a little bit. <laughs> okay. So my th- that's an example of some of my stories. But I want you to check on yours. I want you to listen for where you're telling a version that I would not approve of. <laughs> and I'd like you to start switching that up. I think the most common stories that we engage that don't serve us, they involve, thing, I hear these all the time, sometimes telling my own self, I don't have time. You'll never hear me say I don't have the money. I might not, I'll, I, that might be the case, and I might say it a little differently, but those words are not leaving my lips. A lot of times we're saying something like, oh, he, he'll never go for that, or they are against me, or this is going to be hard, I can't do it, it'll take a while, I'm on my own. We we tell a bunch of unhelpful stories that are easy to spot when we're willing to question, when we're willing to pay attention. That's really all it takes. A lot of these stories are worth rethinking. In fact, you could probably recall a time, I bet everyone on this call, or close to everyone, maybe not some of my new members here, but you could probably recall a time when you were selling yourself short and I called you on it. Like I told you straight up, oh, you deserve more credit. I know, I did this. Uh, yesterday? What was I doing yesterday? Who was I talking to yesterday? Someone was like, oh, I'm trying to. I'm like, girl, you aren't trying. It is happening. It is happening right here, right now. It's one of my favorite stories to remind you all of. When you're selling yourself, you're not giving yourself enough credit. I also love to remind you when you think that you know what's possible and what's not possible, that everything is doable. It's just a matter of our willingness to imagine it. That puts it within our reach. So, On the blog, I just called bullshit on the public, uh, on the story of um, we got to do something about these racists. (laughs) I posted about that one. That's not a super popular opinion with a lot of people, but conscious creators know better. So has anyone thought of a story? You don't have to tell it on the call, but if you did, I think examples help. So if anyone here is willing to share an unhelpful story that you recognize you've been telling that you can commit to changing, I would love to hear it right now.
5: Jeanette, Meg, Meg. Go ahead.
1: Let let me hear from Meg first, then we'll go to our other person.
2: Okay, well, I have a couple, and I know you called bullshit on one of them already, so I'm I'm not gonna bring that one up again. Um, so the one that I'm really trying to switch up is that my body does not trust me and I don't trust my body. Mm. Um, and how this came about and, and, and I, I've made significant progress on it. Um, for those who don't know, I run or I'm a runner, I should say, not that I run, I actually run marathons. Um, I have not been able to run for, like, six weeks, and it got to the point where I was losing feeling in one of my feet, um, which is not good. <laughs> just not good in general. Um, and I was just, like, like people started being like, well, you probably broke something, and I was like, no, 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 But, like, I I kind of got angry with my body. It wasn't, the, it wasn't my best moment. I was like, why are you breaking down on me? Like, why, why the one thing that brings me joy you're taking away from me again? Like why won't you you know, and then it goes into mm. the why won't you lose weight? Like I am doing everything mm. that you want me to do. And I finally started easing up on it. And I actually, believe it or not, I'm going to an LOA savvy chiropractor.
1: Did not know those
2: exist.
1: <laughs> right on. <laughs>
2: and then too like because I stopped I well I told people who were like, Well, you probably broke something. I was like, I have broken nothing. I am so certain of that. Um happy to report i have full feeling in my foot now and i'm going to be cleared to run in like a week and a half um but on top of that he said your body may not like running as the only thing you do and you might need to like start listening to it and i was like okay and i asked my body i started crying when i realized like i just want to swim like my body just wants to be in the water
1: (laughs) um
2: yeah so i mean
1: i just got goosebumps meg
2: yeah, but you know it's the it's, it's the I mean I'm I'm like I I I'm like this is you know I got to a point where I was like this is pardon my, I'm gonna just say swear alert right here so <laughs> it's, this is so fucking frustrating because I am like running all like last summer I ran all the fucking time I was doing forty fifty miles a week and I gained weight like how does that happen <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> oh girlfriends.
5: <laughs> All right.
1: So what I love about this is that you recognized your t- your story was in question form. Like, why won't you cooperate? Was what mm-hmm. I heard with with, with your body, yeah. and that you're recognizing this isn't this isn't in service to either of you.
2: No, and, and it, it's it's the thing is is like my body is like you know, it was fun. I had this huge light bulb moment. Like I have been in this like Fitbit challenge, which I love, but I, I love to win. And when I see it's like 1158 and I'm not winning, I will get up and like walk around the block. I will go outside and walk around.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so my
2: body is like, we wanted to sleep and now you're making us walk. and then we're going to be up for like another hour and a half and then you're not going to get sleep and then you're going to be mad when you oversleep again. And it's this push pull and I'm like, Okay, maybe I just, like, need to, like, chill, and if I don't get all my steps in, I just have to, like, relax, you know,
1: just relax wow. about it. Uh, so that's a novel idea to think maybe your body knows better than your Fitbit measurement. <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: yeah, I mean, but it's, that's the thing is, like, you know, people, you know, it's they're like, well, you know, there's no, you know, I've had trainers be like, there's no way you weigh that much, and I said, give me a scale. And I'll get on the scale, and they're like, holy cow. And I was like, I know. Trust me, I don't know where it is. Like, you know, I mean, I know where it is. I mean, I am clothes I can't wear. But, um but yeah, like, when my body was like, I just want to swim. And I'm like, okay, so I'm like, I was like, I mean, I'm not even joking when I say, like, when I went walking the other day at the Whitewater Center, I was wearing running clothes because that's what I had clean. And my body started to freak out, and I had to be like, "No, I swear, I promise, we're not running. Like, I'm not oh, going to wow. break this promise. Like, we are not running. You'll be fine. Yeah. We're not running." I love
1: the new partnership <laughs> you're creating here, Meg. I yeah. love how you're you're letting that higher wisdom lead rather than sticking to your old story about how you should be able to run as much as you want or whenever you want or whatever, however that yeah. one went.
2: And and I should be able to lose weight running. Maybe my body
1: really doesn't like that, and maybe maybe your body knows something you don't know about the weight. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, that's that's um that's a story I knew a lot too about how I thought I knew better and I knew what she should be doing and I knew what it was going to take to get there, and um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't doing a very good service to the divine temples we live in. Now, <clears throat> thanks, Meg. No problem. All right. So I bet a lot could relate to that one. But who else was chiming in at the same time as Meg?
3: Hi, Jeanette. Julie.
1: Julie's here. How are
3: you? I'm well. Wow. It's
1: my first time being present live on one of these. I'm wow. Thank you. Uh, I'm excited to hear you. For, there, are, there are probably some members here that don't know. Julie, do you want to say a couple things about yourself or do you just want to j- jump right on? I will. I
3: will. My name is Julie. I live in Marina Del Rey, California. I joined this group in February on Amina's recommendation from her Christmas letter. And um, I'm a coach. I coach people in the business space, specifically mortgage. And I'm 41. Oh, Julie. Is that a good introduction? I'm doing it right now.
1: I, as you started to say, as you said, I'm a coach, I was like, my eyes got big. and I was like, I can't believe you said it like that because I was like, she's not just a coach. She's like <laughs> the best there is. She's the best coach. She's an amazing coach. That you didn't give yourself that credit. I love how my eyes got big when I heard you. It sounded like a serious undersell. I'm smiling because, so. yeah. Uh-huh. I, I just love my like commitment
3: physical world, you guys. and I guess you're right. If this is a group of coaches, I can blast it out, but it just wow. felt kind of like physical world identification. But, yes, I'm an amazing coach, and I have a long <laughs> waiting list. <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah. So, when, so what came up for me when you, Jeanette, were talking about Meet Mindful is a story I'd been running because I also met a guy on Meet Mindful, and we started talking two weeks ago. And one week ago I said to another one of my coaches, So we've been talking, texting, like three-hour phone calls, very deep. He's very spiritual, more than I am. And I said to one of my coaches a week ago today, and it's been now two weeks that we've been talking and texting, and I said to her, if I don't meet him in the next week, I'm going to end this because he must be one of those catfish kind of guys. And for anybody who doesn't know what that (laughs) means, it's like people that put a picture online and they're somebody else. And then you meet them and they're like a different gender, different age, et cetera. And I caught myself saying that, and I thought, well, maybe that's not true. And since then, both my mother and my sister have said to me, I mean, he has asked me out twice, but it was like, do you want to get together now? Or do you want to get together tonight? And that generally doesn't work. I tend to be, uh-huh. I tend to need a little bit of leave time to be ready for a date. So uh-huh. they both have said, even my mom earlier today, this guy seems weird. You should be careful. Like all these warning signs about not having met him. And the conversations have been deeper than anybody I've ever dated before. And I feel yeah. like these conversations are a precursor to meeting because he doesn't just want to meet any person. There's a specificity and a type of a quality of personality that he desires. And mm-hmm. as it relates to me, I've met any person and I've been more disappointed on first dates than more delighted when I've not sorted through or done yeah, any sort of sense. vetting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So my, I noticed my story coming up. I noticed my mother and my sister's stories amplifying that story and to both of them, every time they say it, I say maybe, like I just neutralize it. <laughs> maybe he's a crazy killer or maybe he's a smart guy who doesn't want to waste time on first dates. And the, my best way to not get in their face with LOA stuff is like, well, maybe that's true or maybe it's not true. And so I just cause them to think and let them draw their own conclusions. Right. So in conclusion on this share, I'm sure if there's anything you want to reflect, maybe, he's, maybe that's true. Or maybe he's an amazing guy who doesn't have a big appetite yep. for first dates. With the level of like, we spent three hours on the phone last night. I was up till one in the morning talking because it was more exciting than sleeping. So mm-hmm. maybe that's not true. That I meet him. That.
1: I gotta say, I'm getting goosebumps as you describe that because that is my idea. That's a good sign in my book. I I mm-hmm. meet a lot of guys who are like, uh, we we want to meet right away because if there's no chemistry, we don't want to waste our time together. A guy who is willing to invest without having that you know, like, let's check it out in person sort of meeting, I Mm -hmm. love someone, the idea of someone who is connecting on a different level. Plus, it also reminds me of the time, many years ago, I met a guy on Match, and we emailed for three months before we met in person. And the emails were such that by the time we met in person, I basically invited myself over to his house. And he said he was going to be on his best behavior, and there would be no touching. And I said, Oh, there will be touching. And I brought two packs beer, and I had fabulous. That was the most amazing sex I've had in my entire life, you guys. I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> okay, so I get pretty excited at the thought of a guy who's taking his time to meet someone in person. That's a very different version than the one that your mom and sister are telling and even the one that you entertain a little bit. Julia, that is such a perfect example for what I'm talking about on this call. Thank you for sharing that.
3: Thank you. And you're welcome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. I, I actually, there is a guy right now who's like saying, mm, let's meet, let's meet. You know, we got to figure out if there's a spark or not. I'm like, you know, if, if for a guy that that's all that important for, I'm pretty sure you're not my guy. Pretty sure not. But I like Maybe. the version you've got going, Julie. Yeah, I like your version. Your eyes. Right. So yeah, look at my story. So <laughs> who's you. got another example for us? I got a story, Jeanette. Let's hear we're, it. Gonna Let's switch.
6: It. we're gonna switch this is Ming. Ming. Thank you. We're we're gonna switch gears so I'm not gonna talk about our my date. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just wanna tell a story about you when I sent you an email last night when I said someone like you or I said something to the fact it has to be someone it has to be someone like you. Something like that, right? Well, Mm -hmm. yesterday, last night, you know, around – it was late. I got a text from my brother. My mom was being admitted to the ER with a sugar of 600. And I'm a pharmacist by trade as well. So I had all these things going in my head from diabetic coma to stroke to all of her organs shutting down to everything. And I said – it was late. I didn't expect Jeanette to be awake. But I sent an email, and I said something to the effect, I'm sending this to you because I need someone like you to know this, and when I re- sent that, I was like, I wonder if she understands what I'm saying. I'm Not insulting her. This is actually a compliment because I'm not mm-hmm. telling anyone else, and I didn't know if you knew what I meant. I, I, I follow course. A I'm a self-loving you, girl. I couldn't right? hear it so, any other way, me, especially <laughs> from you. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, she. I know she knows what I mean. I just want somebody that's not going to have like any kind of fear, worry. fear or. Mm-hmm. Empath- I didn't even want empathy, you know, or sympathy. I was just like, and you know, it was amazing the way it unfolded because as soon as I sent the email, and then all of my attachment like went away, which is really interesting because I kind of stepped outside myself and I watched myself even because normally I would have, I would have shed a few tears. <laughs> I didn't cry. Uh, my brothers, both my brother, my one of my brothers actually went to the ER with my parents. And he was texting us every literally every five to ten minutes for three to four straight hours. My other brother in California, he's a doctor. So we were both well, he I just let him take over. But it was it was it was amazing because I allowed myself the fact that maybe she was gonna have a stroke, maybe I was gonna have to leave in the middle of the night to go to the ER, maybe I was gonna have to drive this morning. I had a I had a BPS call. I was thinking about you know, canceling it. But I thought, nope, not going to cancel anything. I'm just going to stay here. I'm going to just let it play out. And I just trusted. And I have to say, you know, when it all there was minimal, minimal organ damage. As of last night, we didn't hear of any. There's just a little bit I heard today, but she was she went home. She was discharged. And let me tell you, her sugar was over her blood sugar was over five hundred, like three times that they drew it, and she had this little book, and it had been over five hundred at least three other times prior. So this is not this is not a good story. This is not something you know an average person you would want to hear this story. And um, she, by all every on all accounts, you know. And I was thinking about it last night when I went to bed. And I thought, well, I sent healing, my brother sent healing, and I would I would say we all intended good wishes for her. But <laughs> I kind of chuckled, and I said to myself, I didn't tell you this, Jeanette, but I chuckled to myself. I said, you know what, I'm going to give Jeanette the credit for this. She took it, she said, I've got it, and you just said what you said, and everything was well. And I just thought, see, this is what I need to coach for, you know, mm-hmm. when, some, when something is kind of, mighty can go sideways, you know. <laughs> and this is something that's kind of, it's close to my heart here, you know, it's my mom, right? Yeah. But um, I just I just wanted to share that. And, you know. That would be, those are, the, those are the challenging stories to stop in
1: their tracks. The one, like I see Susan in chat room who was saying a lot of these stories are, are based in fear from when I was talking earlier. When it does have a lot of that in it, it, it can be hard to turn that one around by ourselves. And Ming, I totally know what you mean about how we don't seek help from everyone in shifting our stories we sometimes we're very selective about who mm-hmm. we who we trust to be able to help us succeed in that endeavor.
6: Yeah. I mean I think some of my friends were like, gosh, I didn't even know and it kinda of felt bad that I didn't tell them last night and it wasn't because I don't didn't want to tell them. It was kinda of like mm, it just it worked. Just quite the right person I needed at that second. You know. Mm-hmm. You could I can tell you today and you can tell me, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, people want to want to help and I have to allow them to help too, which is, you know, part of the receiving thing. But I knew right then, last night, that was not what you were gonna do. <laughs> so you were <laughs> you were the person for the job. <laughs> that
1: was another good example. Thank you for sharing that, Ming. Did anyone else have something to chime in with or any questions to ask?
0: Before I um, before well I've have... got two stories.
1: Oh Tom's here! Yay Tom!
0: How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks. You're good. <laughs> so um, I'm I'm a guy on Meet Mindful, and um, I'm a I'm a sensitive guy on Meet Mindful, sensitive spiritual guy who's a coach, and um, I'm one of the best coaches probably out there on Law of Attraction, nice. other than this lady no uh, there's no other
1: than i was loving that version no you had it right the first time i know
0: i know i do and that sounds
1: so good to hear you acknowledge i cannot tell you how good that hears well i'm
0: definitely kicking butt in the area of coaching i'm doing fantastic and so are my clients and but i have a situation in the area of relationships and in the area of health that are sort of parallel um in this sort of similar story and what they are is that um, in spite of the good story that I tell, this is how the story goes, in spite of my good intentions, um, something in the world of health or in the world of relationship has got some kind of a fly in the ointment that's going to come back and, and uh, sting me. It's sort of like, um, you know, sort of believing that, well, I'm really searching for this woman that is going to be a wonderful partner to be with, and, um, I have certain expectations and hopes and dreams about what she'll be like, and of course, how I will be in the relationship and It's all very healthy and it's very beautiful, very sexy, it's very you know great conversations that go on into the night, and I've been the kind of guy who will call women and talk for hours before I ever meet them, and mm-hmm. I've also been the other kind of guy who I just want to meet them and see if we have any chemistry, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which means am I attracted <laughs> or not you know so mm-hmm. um I'm finding that like when I date, I, that I, I create some sort of a combination of those things. So the woman gets the side of me to where she sees how sensitive and deep I am and how much I can be present for her and, and everything. And then she sees that I, I care about her appearance and I care about her figure and I care about things like that, or she doesn't know that, but I do care. And so, you know, then I find that, you know, that, that I come back, from many months of dating or years of dating because I started dating in the middle of 2013 after my divorce in 2010 and, um, and finding that I don't know what I'm actually doing. You know, like, am I, am I actually, you know, is there something deeper in there that's not getting taken care of that needs to get a whole different story? And so there's that in the area of relationships, you know, because why, why am I still not with somebody if I claim I want to be or that I know what I want, and yet I create conditions where I'm with somebody and we spend four weeks together and then I don't want to see them anymore. And I don't know if that's entirely me, just simply sifting and sorting, as Abraham said, which is totally normal in dating, or whether or not I have some hangup where I have expectations that are really not, you know, healthy. And then in the area of health, I've had a sinus condition for at least the last 10 years that I've been getting rid of and, um, you know, found in 2011 that sinus conditions are underlaid by candida, you know, an overgrowth of the candida fungus. And so then I worked on candida ever since 2011. But then listening to Abraham, I get this whole experience that, well, you know, everything's based on your mental state, your mental emotional state. And that's really where it's all coming from. And therefore, there is no, there is no cancer, there is no candida, there is no you know, physical ailment other than the fact that, you know, you're in your consciousness are able to create that. You're able to create and if you believe strong enough in the fact that you want even give it a name, like candida or sinusitis, then um, then you're really locked into the symptoms, you know? And so I've I've been trying to just let go of the symptoms, let go of the symptoms, not have any belief that I have candida, not have any belief that I have something called sinusitis. And just letting go of the symptoms and they has been going away and going away ever since twenty eleven to where I have maybe like 5% of the symptoms I used to have with even that. But it's so funny because that comes back to the same thing, because then when I eat certain foods, um, they'll trigger symptoms. And I, you know, I try to say to myself, well, I can eat chocolate. I can drink alcohol. It's not going to trigger my symptoms. I can eat grains, you know, I can eat dairy, but then I find that I can't, Mm -hmm. you know, so, and then all of a sudden here's my symptoms triggered again. And I find myself getting sort of frustrated because, I'm using law of attraction mm-hmm. in both my dating and my, my health er- area to tell myself that everything's all is well, all is well. Just just keep on letting go of the attachment to believing you have a problem. Same thing I tell my clients. You know, you only have a problem if you keep telling yourself you have a problem. You know, you've got to start telling yourself you are the living solution of everything that you call a problem, you know, and live in that mm-hmm. place of solution. So anyway, that's that's example that I think you're talking about the conflicting. Uh,
1: the only thing stories. I liked better than hearing you say you're the best coach was hearing you say I am the living solution. I I, I I that part of your story was like whoa I should write that down and share that with others. That's a powerful story. Oh, Tom, yeah. you know what you're making me think of? Um, who is that author? Oh, Mel, Mel Madrona, kite the the. Wisdom of Coyote or Coyote Wisdom. Do you huh. get, who else knows this? I bet you do, Tom.
0: Well, I have a book about Coyote Wisdom. Coyote, but it's, uh, coyote you Healing,
1: you mean, Coyote you Wisdom. You mean the guy,
0: the guy who, who runs the Institute, about Coyote's Guide to, uh, to Connecting with Nature, that guy, by Young mm. and Haas and McGowan?
1: He's talking, no. he, he writes about how in the Native American culture, much of the healing is done through stories. That when someone is ill, whether it's mentally or physically... Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. -hmm. Yeah, they, uh,
0: they tell a story about an animal. And the animal story is told in a group of people in the tribe. And when they tell the story, they're actually really telling the story so that the person who's going through the crisis in their own healing can understand, in the group context, based on the story about the animal, where their healing lies. So they don't turn and directly address the guy's problem. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about?
1: Yeah, I'm ta- I, I'm staring right at my bookshelf and I... and I Oh, here we go. Mel Madrona, uh, Louis Mel Madrona. Yeah,
0: I know uh, that.
1: PhD. He wrote Coyote Wisdom, Coyote Medicine, and Coyote Healing. I yeah. I was introduced to those through Martha Beck and... Um, Anyway, when I heard you say what you you at the very end there when you shared something that reminded me of that about how much healing takes place through story, and that 's all we 're talking about here too we 're talking about um, tuning in to our own vibrational success based on the way we 're telling it to ourselves and to others. And, Tom, as you were sharing, it reminded me of and, – and I know that we've got others. There's some chat in the chat room once you started speaking. I want to give the microphone to Kim and Susan shortly here. But I just want to briefly share about how uh, – oh, yeah, for this month's Money Aligner practice, it was speaking money into being. I decided just for fun – I was going to manifest six grand in a day and a half, but I did the math wrong in my mind. I thought that was 18 hours instead of 36 hours.
0: Hmm.
1: So I'm speaking it how I made, and above and beyond what I normally make. This is extra, above and beyond unexpected money, six grand in 18 hours. And Hmm. I started speaking it, and um, I did it for a couple of days, was speaking about it. I was speaking about it past tense. But but then uh, a client, I wonder if it was someone here, no. Someone sent me, uh, what's his name, Neville video clip. I listened to it and I got wholly new inspired by this guy. I cannot believe how I'm so inspired by Abraham and Neville and how different they are. Neville's all about get your hands on it, get specific, get real with it. Abraham's all, get happy, relax, meditate a little, it'll all work out. Anyway, after listening to that Neville clip, when I heard myself speak my six grand in 18 hours into being, I recognized I'd been doing it before to make it happen. And I spoke it this time, I spoke it like it already was, an acknowledgement of, of how it was a done deal. And it was so subtle, it was a super subtle shift, but I felt it. So I spoke it after the Neville inspiration for a couple days that way before um, four grand rolled in. Oh, first of all, it was 250 one day, and then it was four grand. And, and when that 250 rolled in, it was above and beyond. I was like, oh, well, uh, it would have been easy to go, mm, that's going to take a lot of 250s to get to six grand. But I didn't. I said, driftwood, it's happening. I've been heard. And the next mm-hmm. day was four grand. And the day after that <laughs> was two grand. And the day after that was another grand. And I was wow. like, uh, that's, that's, That The way we tell our story, I was thinking about this when you were talking about how you'll say, I can eat chocolate, I can eat bread, I can do, and then, and yet, it doesn't. Okay. Um, Susan, I'm going to give you the microphone first, and then Kim, I think you had some cool things to add as well.
5: Thanks, Jeanette. Um, One of the things is that as um tom you were telling your story uh or stories th- it strikes me that you're telling conflicting stories at the same time it it there's a yes but quality and anytime there's a but in a sentence the second half negates the first right. and so it, just some watchful awareness about your story to help figure out where that um, undermining is coming from. Um, The second piece that strikes me is that uh, around uh, your health was that your body was Giving you information, your mind information, and it was working and then the the um, sort of negated that information, and you you said you're the living solution, and it's not just what occurs in our neurons, it's all of our, our body in our mind together going through this. So I, I could be entirely wrong about this. Uh, and it it just felt like the, you know, that sort of um, the devil and the angel on your shoulders kind of whispering in your ears simultaneously. So.
1: Susan, did yeah. you have, a, as we were going through our conversation tonight, did you recognize any stories of your own that could use with an upgrade, use an upgrade or a tweak?
5: Sure. Um, one of the funny things, it's earlier in the chat that I did write was I, I don't always speak them out loud. Um I think, for two reasons: one, not to give it more credence, and two, not to get called on it' <laughs> <'Cause> sometimes we <laughs> like our stories um but one of the stories that um I often have to tell when um I'm involved with someone else in a, a potential business business relationship that doesn't play out the way um, I had anticipated that it would play out is that I, I'm just not sort of the person to be in business with. I lack something um, about that, and that's a story that I do tell.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a that's, that's a good a, that's one to good spot one. and a good one to shift. If if we, again if we want it to be different, I was I was thinking about my commitment to, um, and this might come towards what Kim was saying in chat room. I was thinking about how even when I questioned one of my fired up stories, I was like, yeah, no, this this I'm sticking with this story, because I didn't really have interest in um, a different outcome. It's it's it's. For us to choose what we want to create, there's no right or wrong around it, and it gets to be whatever we're willing to invest our attention in. Um, Kim, thank you, Susan, and thank you, Tom. Kim, did, I, I saw you posting a couple of things that I thought would be good to get on the recording as well. What are your, what's going through your mind right now?
4: Well, I can totally relate to the notion that you have this idea in your mind of what you want in terms of relationship. For starters, and you just don't seem to be experiencing it. <laughs> you know, it's like you d- do all the things, and you um, you feel like you're clear, and you feel like you're really aware. And there's this great saying that uh, if you're if you're advertising for poets and you keep getting truck drivers, you need to check the ad.
6: And <laughs> you've heard me
4: tell that before. <laughs> and, that's Richard Eidemann, uh, an astrologer and psychologist. Um, it's so cute. And it's so true because I think when it comes to relationships, Seventh House experiences, we, uh, it's probably where we are least conscious that uh, the signal that we're sending is, is uh, we're not always aware of. And there's a lot more. I find it's a lot more complex what we think you know we think we want this this and this and we look at it and we write it down and oh it's great and uh, if we get it well I'm the the we here is air quotes me I'm just talking from my own experience Mm -hmm. Um, if if it shows up um, my first reaction would be there's like two seconds of oh yeah great and then um, undermine run away block resist and if that happens, it's not bad. It just, oh, there's my raw. Um, it just tells me that what I want is a lot more complex than uh, what I'm actually able to list out on that.
1: <laughs> i sorry, guys, my cat, my cat was. He doesn't my even want you talking about a potential no. partner, Kim. He's like, you're taken.
2: No.
1: <laughs> you know, it, it, oh, go ahead. No,
4: no, but that was my point. Is I'm just saying that with relationship, it's often very
0: (laughs) unconscious. He's a Bengal,
1: you guys. They're they're not your average cat. My God, (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about how, like in my own case, how I could still feel remnants. Um. Of this, of old stories, I could still feel my new ones were tinged with some of the old experiences and that I hadn't quite cleaned my slate of those completely. And it was a it was a cue to me that some alignment work was called for before proceeding, thus yesterday's post <laughs> that I posted in the uh, relationships forum just to help get my attention On the track instead of the wall, because I think I still had a little bit of wall going on, just as I listened to myself and my stories. So, you know, and that's really what I'm looking for us to do. I know we're at the top of the hour for anyone who has to go. Thanks for joining us. But I'll wrap us up here. I I was thinking that, okay, I can't be in your heads 24-7. You wouldn't want me there anyway. So what I'm looking for us to do here is each get empowered about calling pulling the plug on the stories that aren't serving us because I don't, that isn't just what I want, the role I want to play in your life, although I certainly will do that, but I want you to know how to to do this for yourself as well, to spot where it's appropriate and to be able to do it. So what I'm inviting us to do is to be more diligent in spotting where we're sabotaging ourselves with the stories that we tell. And I'll, I'll do my part. And you guys do the same thing for me too. In a lot of sessions, Sometimes you guys will share with me, "Hey, FYI, here's what." You'll reflect it back to me. I love how we support each other this way. Um, but that's what I want us to do to be tweaking those vibrations that are stopping our success and to be willing to retire the tales that aren't serving us and reclaim our power by simply telling a new and improved version, even if it's just a slightly better version. Remember that girl she uh she said love relationships were impossible for her she's stuck in this super small town because her mom was there she couldn't leave and she already knew all the eligible men that's how small this town was and none of them were for her like she just knew all sorts of things that weren't helping her and i suggested that you know she's going to need to rethink something because she's painted herself into a corner with these stories and she just couldn't see her way through and I gave her the Stranger Things Have Happened story. <laughs> stranger Things Have Happened. I said, can, can you just even crack your door open by believing Stranger Things Have Happened? And it felt like even that was a stretch for her. But sure enough, she's the girl that stood me up like the next two weeks for our sessions because she um, she met a fabulous guy. <laughs> she met an amazing guy right in her area. He had, he, he had just moved there because his parents had moved there a while ago, and he was new in town. She was showing him around, and she didn't even have time to tell me how much fun she was having with him until she did. My point being, it even just a little improvement can make a big difference. So um, one of the stories I'm telling for us is that we are up for this level of gameplay, that we are ready to raise the bar for ourselves, that we thrive by calling ourselves to this higher level of consciousness about what we're speaking into being. In fact, I also like the story that we're already there. We're already doing it, and we're doing it exceptionally well. And, man, if we just keep that momentum going, this is going to lead to some really fabulous stories in itself. So I, I've i spotted for myself a couple of stories where I know I've got obvious room for improvement I'd invite you to do the same. If there's anything you think I can help with or anyone else in the group can, that's what we're here for. None of us is doing this solo. That's the point of meeting like this so that all of this work becomes easier when we're doing it together, not just easier but also more enjoyable. So with that in mind, does anyone have anything else to add or ask before we wrap up? All right. Well, thank you for joining me, and um, I'm looking forward to hearing what unfolds for you as some of these ideas percolate. And uh, apologies again for my ranty, Mars 7 swearing vibration tonight.
5: <laughs> Love you all. No problem. Bye, Thanks, Thanks, Jeanette. Bye-bye.